One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Say goodbye to diluted creams and serums that are often made up of 70% water and 15% preservatives, leaving minimal space for the ingredients your skin craves. The scientists behind fiber skincare have spent 15 years perfecting nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. And just one year ago, they patented a way of wrapping these nanofibers around oil or liquid-based ingredients. The result was a formula that delivers five times more active ingredients compared to creams or serums with no need for fillers like water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is a plant-based anti-wrinkle set of patches that you use over seven days, applying them just like your favorite serums. Your skin will feel tighter in 10 seconds, and over seven days, the program is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by 19.4%. In fact, they have a tighter skin guarantee where if your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they will give you your money back, no questions asked. Go to fiberskincare.com and use code unfiltered for 15% off. Yeah. So we started out by going to sex clubs and yeah. and having sex in front of other people. Yeah. So. We went to we went to a sex club and when we went in, we we had the conversation beforehand, like, okay, what are we when we go in here, what are our expectations? What are we okay with? What are we not okay with? And uh I think we basically were like, Well, let's just go as tourists. Natalie, what do I do? <laughs> Nope, it's getting giddy. Oh my gosh, guys, I'm so excited to talk to you. You guys are going to enlighten our boring, boring world. Uh, <laughs> I hope. I, I feel like you're going to enlighten ours. Oh my God, I have nothing to share. This is a boring old ladies married to the same guys for 5,000 years with seven kids between us. Snooze fast. Hey, seven kids. I mean, that's that's what I'm here to learn about. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, I'm so, oh my gosh. I'm really, I'm really, I'm really excited. That potentially we have something that we can offer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. What is it? Um, it's the fun thing about kids. So Children. I don't know. Ooh, wow. Hi. Hi. Hello. You guys don't have to touch like we do. 
<laughs> we will, uh, it's going to be about half an hour. And then Rad. I think it's going to be, you guys are, there's going to be so much to talk about. So yeah. let's yeah. see how we can do this. Okay. Cool. We're so glad that we could get you guys on the podcast. Why is it called sick boy podcast on your screen when it's turn me on podcast? What are yeah. you trying to do here? Uh, so, so yeah, sick boy is my, uh, my other podcast that, uh, that I do. So I started sick boy probably about a year and a half before, uh, Brady and I started turn me on. And, uh, so this is, this is where, this is our, this is sick boys studio, uh, where we produce that podcast and, uh, we, we produce other shows as well, but sick boys, uh, sick boys, like my main bread and butter, actually, uh, Neil Pasricha, uh, came on sick boy a couple of years ago. And uh, afterwards, we all went out for drinks and uh, uh, may or may not have smoked a joint. And in the process, he was like, you guys, you guys should do Cat and Nat's podcast. Are you guys like, do you guys know Cat and Nat? And I was like, no, I don't. And this was maybe four years ago, uh, three wow. years ago. And, uh, and yeah, he was talking you guys up uh, a lot. He, he's, he's like a big fan. And so, so world's colliding now. I'm like, oh, it's so fun. It's actually coming to, to fruition. Where do you guys live? So uh, we we're based at Halifax, but Sick Boy in particular does a lot of travel, uh, especially prior to COVID. We were we would do a lot of live shows, and then we would also travel to our guests sometimes. So we went to we went to Toronto to record with Neil, mm. and then he took us out to Bar Rivoli. Um, oh yeah, his his favorite spot, and uh, yeah, it was that it was so funny. <laughs> it was fun, yeah. Yeah. Um, so okay, so there's two podcasts, but. So how did this, well, I guess we have to give a background of sick, of sick boy in order to know how we got to here. Is that how we, is that how we lead in or how do you, you guys, we always think intros are done best by the people who are, who are introing themselves and your podcast together is turn me on. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And you are Jeremy and Bridie. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Tell us, can you guys tell us about you guys? Like what, what, what makes this interesting? um so well our so like jeremy was saying sick boy came into being around 2015 our podcast kicked off in 2017 although we had been recording episodes trying to record our first episodes for about a year but we kept getting into big relationship blowouts (laughs) in the middle of our recordings so uh we we recorded the first episode maybe six times yeah oh Uh, do you still have them? I feel like that's something you should say. Fuck, you know what? I honestly, I I don't think I, I do. Think probably yeah. destroyed the evidence because there's yes! probably some shit that, that are been so good. Like, did you guys it, walk out of the studio in the middle like you're so mad? It it always ended in tears, either from her or from me. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, it was like it. So I mean, here's the thing. Like, so I had been podcasting for you know whatever, like a year and a, a half. year and a half up at that point. So it wasn't like I was great at it. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Can I, oh, can I say fuck? Of course. Okay. So I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Um, but Bridie also, Bridie had zero, you know, broadcast experience. We both trained uh, in as actors. We went, we went to Ryerson Theater School in Toronto. So we, wow. we were both uh, trained actors. We both knew how to like be on a mic. We both knew how to talk and yammer on, but we didn't really know how to do this together where we're not playing a character. We're actually just like being very authentic and very much ourselves. And so uh, with Sick Boy, I mean, uh, just a little bit of context. It's, it's the podcast that I, I host with two of my best friends, Brian and Taylor. And uh, the, the inception of that show was basically, um, I live with cystic fibrosis, which is a 
uh, <clears throat> a genetic uh, and fatal lung disease. And uh, the idea of Sick Boy is that me and Brian and Taylor sit down with somebody else who is living with illness and we talk to them about their experience. So, you know, a woman with breast cancer in her 30s, we talk to her about uh, the experience of living with breast cancer, but it's a comedy podcast. So we're trying to mine and, and, and root out the humor that exists within the human experience of being sick. And so this came very naturally to me. And uh, Sick Boy was kind of rocking and rolling at the time that we started attempting Turn Me On. At that time, when we decided to try to give Turn Me On a go, um, we were just freshly... Uh, we had just freshly opened up our relationship. We opened up our relationship at this at the same time as Sick Boy was uh, preparing to launch their podcast. Yeah. Wow. And I think what we found was that as we were opening our relationship and letting our friends in on it, they had suddenly everybody wanted to talk to us about sex and yeah. relationships. And so after about a year of our, having our open relationship and Sick Boy um, going down its road, we, we were like, okay, let's, maybe we should host a podcast together about mm-hmm. sex and sexuality since mm-hmm. so many people have these questions. Because when we opened our relationship, um, there was nobody else in our lives that were, uh, that had a, a relationship outside of the typical monogamous, you know, um, heteronormative relationship that like we've all kind of grown up to see as the example of what is typical. Um, and so when we open things up, everybody in our lives, we're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. what do you, what do you, wait, 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 hold on. You, you can have sex with another person, but what can she? Oh, okay. So wait, but do you care? And do you, uh, hold on, do you guys sleep in the same bed? (laughs) I know, I know. I'm like, are we allowed to jump in? Because I'm like, even your intro into why you started a podcast is like, we already have probably like 500 questions. How long were you together before you opened your relationship? I'm going to leave that to you because you're better with I'm the good. dates. I'm really good yeah. with dates. So we met in our first year of acting school. We started officially sort of dating and being exclusive in our relationship in our second year, which was September 2008. And then wow. it was 2015. But to be honest with you, uh, we had been talking about opening our relationship I would say two years into our dating, before we were even engaged to be married, we were talking about what would it be like to include other people in our sex life? Because we, after a couple of years of dating, you know, like you start dating, sex is usually pretty hot when you start and then it tapered off. And we were sort of talking about like why that was happening and trying to figure out out all of that without any real vocabulary to talk about that stuff. Cause like mm. we didn't get sufficient sex education or relationship education, um, which I think is pretty common to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we were already talking about discrepancies in like our sort of sexual compatibility and entertaining this idea just sexually, not as in, in forming other relationships. Um, so that came that came a lot later. There, there was also, I mean, Brady, I don't know because I feel like uh, Donut. Can you get out of the? Come on, you. Oh, Honestly, sorry. her dog is sitting right here. Every time we podcast, she has to come on. She's yeah. actually she's doing. Outrageous. She's doing a nice yeah. job. Being quiet, but I just, your dog's name is Donut. Yeah, yeah. Donut. For the for the listeners who are just listening and not watching, yeah. Donut's face just, just covered the frame. It's, um, it's half Donut's face, but mostly Donut's butthole. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. So when, uh, I, like, I don't remember, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you remember this the way that I do, 
But what I do remember is that when when the conversation very first came up about us sleeping with other people, um, you were the one that tabled it. You were the one that like brought it to the table and, and, and brought it up first. And what I, what I remember is that you, you, you brought it up with the acknowledgement that my life expectancy was, uh, very short. So for for people who don't know, living with cystic fibrosis, um, the majority of my adult life, uh, I was, I was pretty convinced that like my, I was going to die by the time I was 30 or shortly after 30. Um, and so at this, at this point when we were having this conversation, when it first came up, I was maybe what, 21, 22. So like at that point I was thinking, all right, I have eight years, nine years left maybe. Um, and when you brought it up, I believe you brought it up with the, the sort of the background of like, all right, listen, I don't want to hold you back from having experiences with other people, whether uh-huh. that be sexually or emotionally, um, because I know that you don't have that long to live. And so like, if you ever feel the need to express yourself with somebody else, I'm okay with that. And of course, at that moment, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, this is a two-way street. Like, if, right. if, if, if I say yes to this, then I have to also accept that you can also go down that road if you wish because you are a reasonable (laughs) and intelligent and wise human being and that's why i married you Uh, friday i know obviously i mean you you're i assume you're a lovely person you have such a respect for relationship and all that but like if i if i really just want to ask was there any part of that was like yes you were being thoughtful to his situation but also you were like and also i would I'm actually thinking about myself and getting out there and maybe I can broach the subject like this. So it sounds like I'm being really thoughtful, but I'm also <laughs> kind of wanting to get out there. I, I wouldn't say that was a, like a, a conscious thought, but what I had been through previously in my long-term relationships was an inability to stay faithful. And I, I had mm. the feeling that if, if something wasn't going to let, I don't know. I was also young and was, you know, in therapy as I should have been, but we were talking about it and, and mostly I just didn't want to repeat history. And so I thought it would, if we could like say, all right, there's room to play here. Maybe, um, maybe there'd be less chance of someone getting hurt. But I also had like right from a fairly, uh, young adult age, I, I had a lot of interest in like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like really extrovert, extroverted. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for for like, like when you, when you want to be watched? Exhibitionism. Ex- I had this, like those oh. sorts of like, I had a lot of like fantasies that I was thinking might lead me down the road to like, maybe we're like working in a strip club or right. like being an escort or something like that. Like I just had like these fan, these fantasy dream lives where I was doing stuff like that. And I think I thought you just meant like doing it in a park or in front of a glass yeah. window, but okay. yeah. yeah. So we started out by going to sex clubs and, yeah. and having sex in front of other people. Yeah. So. Oh wait, that's how you started after that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. We went to a place in Toronto called wicked, which is no longer Get in there. there. Um, but, uh, uh, now, now Oasis, I believe is like the hot spot. We never made it there. It wasn't open. I did go to Oasis later in life with another partner. Yeah. Cool Cool spot. Um, but yes, it was, it was, yeah, that's how, that's how that all started is like, we went to, we went to a sex club and when we went in, 
we we had the conversation beforehand like okay what are we when we go in here what are our expectations what are we okay with what are we not okay with and uh i think we basically were like well let's just go as tourists and let's just go and look and check out and watch and maybe um maybe like play with each other but like nobody else in involved and that's what that's what uh, transpired and it was it was awesome like it was really fun guys cool. let's give let's give people the picture so you go into wicked and like the main floor is just like a mingling bar everyone's got their clothes mm-hmm. on people it could be like a regular bar and before you answer we are going to take a quick break so we can hear exactly what it's like from your perspective okay so then you could meet people downstairs and head upstairs or the two of you could go upstairs together but when you get up there <laughs> you have to take off your clothes and yeah. you get a towel is this what your experience yeah, yeah. was <laughs> Yeah, yep. you nailed it. Yeah. So you get the towel, you get a locker, you put all your shit in the locker and then all you have is a towel. And then you, uh, there's, there's a couple of floors up there. So there's like a second and third floor and that's kind of where you're mingling and, and hanging out, uh, with other people that are just wearing towels and, uh, there's different rooms, right? So it's like every room has its own kind of vibe or theme. And, uh, and the room, uh, the, the room that we, 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 had, we went to every room, we went to like every shower. We were just kind of like taking it all in. And then the one room that we just kind of decided to hang out in was this room that just had like a singular little like four post bed. And uh, we, we banged on the bed and a bunch of people just like started piling around watching. And then we both climaxed and then we looked at each other and we're like, all right, well, <laughs> all done. Okay. All done. And then we went home. <laughs> So they could watch. Nobody touched you. You didn't touch anyone. No, you literally they, could have charged for the show. Yeah, yeah. They, they watched and touched themselves and yeah. each other while they watched. <laughs> were they on the bed? No. No, no, no. They were just like, but they, they were, were respectful. They were close. Yeah. yeah. Like a respectful distance. Yeah. It was like a, it was like a media scrum. Question. <laughs> um, what about like iPhone watches taking cameras? Not allowed. Uh, no, I mean, at this point in time, no Apple Watch uh, existed. Yeah, Apple Watch wasn't even a thing. Like this okay. was this was um this was like two thousand eight, nine, two thousand nine. Yeah, two thousand nine. So like That's even like- even smartphones were like kind of garbage at this point. Um, but you you didn't really you couldn't have anything on you. Like you had to leave everything in the locker. So okay, because I'm like you're kind of well known now. So like if yeah. you're to go like you know so this is an, the next tricky part is you're both well known now. So. That's interesting too. Is that when you guys go to clubs, I'm sure people know who you are. Yeah. Well, we we uh, we did go to one club here in Halifax uh, after we were married and like opened our relationship. There's a group of kinky people that have yeah. like theme nights. Uh, Nightshade, I believe, is the group here in Halifax. Yeah, yeah. Nightshade, and we uh, we did go to one of those, and people definitely knew who we were because yeah. we had already been interviewed. We only knew about this because we had already interviewed the uh, facilitators off as a part of our podcast. So, and a few mm-hmm. of the people that ended up being there were like also guests, guests. on the show. Yeah. That was weird. That like the so the the one thing that I noticed was the the lack of anonymity. Did yeah. I get that word right. Mm-hmm. The lack of anonymity was like too much. It, it was like mm, yeah. this. This takes the sexiness out of it. It takes the mystery yeah. out of it. I feel weird. I feel like I can't be myself. Um, so right. we didn't we didn't really like didn't really like that. No, okay. we have, we we didn't repeat that yeah. experience. Okay. Um, okay. So so you've gone to you started the clubs. It was just you guys, and then all of a sudden you're like, so how did it start? And what kind of agreement do you have to have to be? Is it a what do you call it? polyamorous? No. Yeah, we were, were sort of identifying as po- a polyamorous couple. We we started out identifying as an open couple. So like we okay. just opened ourselves up to having sexual 
relations with people outside of our relationship or within the relationship. So, you know, adding a third. Um, And then, but, and, but we had, we had this caveat of like, okay, but there's no, like we, we're not going to allow ourselves to be emotionally attached to anybody. So it's, how do you do that? Well, 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 you can't. So, so that, yeah, that's, that's the thing is you, you really can't. Well, some um, people probably, some can. people can sure. And, and, um, uh, in, in our case, there was, you know, one particular experience that I recall is that, uh, there was somebody that I was seeing casually. And when we started seeing each other, they very much were like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I have a kid right now, like a young kid. I don't have, um, I don't have any interest in like being in a relationship with anyone. I'm just looking for someone to have sex with and someone to hang out with. And I was like, oh my God, perfect. I'm in kind of in the same boat, just like without the kid. And so we were spending a lot of time together. Um, but soon after spending time together, this person started saying like, hey, you know what? I think I'm starting to develop feelings. And that was the moment where for myself, I was like, okay, so we're, we've now, we're now about to cross a boundary that both of us set at the beginning and I, I'm still not willing to cross that boundary. So respectfully, we have to end this right now. How long that, had it been? It had been a few months. Um, and you weren't, you weren't feeling attached. It was just, it was what it was for you. No, for me, it was, it was exactly, it was like, it was friends with benefits. It was like this really lovely arrangement between two friends that would go hang out, have a couple of drinks, go home, enjoy each other physically. And then like, you know, after a bit of hanging out, say goodbye, see the person a few days later or whatever. Um, and so, but what I learned was when, when I ended that, it, there were some feelings of like, oh, I, I don't want to end this. Like, I, I really enjoy this, but I also am ending this because I know that this will eventually lead to hurt because I don't want to put myself in a, in a situation where I'm in this person's life to the point where they start to have needs and, and you know, yeah. wants for me that I can't provide. Yeah. Um, and so after that experience, Bridie and I came back together and we had like a little sort of meeting and we said, okay, is this actually something that we want? Like, are we, are we doing ourselves a disservice by not allowing ourselves to be emotionally open to the people that we see? At this time, Bridie, are you having the same kind of relationships that he's having? Uh, my early experience of, uh, unleashing my sexuality onto the world, um, resulted in some, some, a different experience of, um, of, uh, wrestling with my own ethics on it. I, en- I ended up having a relationship with someone who was not available. Um, so yeah, I was having my own little journey over on the other side and, uh, and often turning to each yeah. other for advice in those moments. Like, so you rely on each other for relationship advice yeah. while you're in relation the relationship. And Which it doesn't is, make you jealous. No, in fact, it, well, I found anyway that it was incredibly helpful for him to see me working on relationship stuff as yeah. it came up with other people. And I think likewise to be oh, yeah. like, oh, now I understand why you find that thing that I do really oh, annoying because this person is now. So I, I felt like there was a lot of like, we were really able to connect through. Yeah. Our, I don't think there was a couple of experience. There was always a jealousy. Jealousy would always come up anytime oh, really? anything new was going to happen. Anytime, yeah. you know, there's a first overnight, anytime a new partner 
got introduced to our mutual friends anytime. Yeah. Like there was right. always, there was many, many stumbling blocks along the way, but not stuff that we necessarily could have prepared for ahead of time. We tried, we yeah. wrote out things like no sleeping over. Let's not catch feelings for people. Let's not discuss our problems with people outside of the relationship. Like right. we had these rules yeah. that we continuously updated. I want to say like almost every day in those first few months. It was, it was a working Google Docs sheet that we uh, kept the, that we kept between the two of us in Google Drive and it would change. Yeah. Like weekly. How and, did you, how did you two stay honest? Like with each other, like, cause you know, human, human nature is human nature when one is in a relationship and one isn't, and it's a Friday night and you want to be with that person, but they have a, a relationship with someone. Like, how do you, how do you two find time to connect with each other? If there's so much else going on, outside of it. And to add to that, is your sex life be- like more exciting that, that when you have other partners or is it le- like, are you doing it less? Great question. All of those. Um, so <laughs> in the beginning when I remember one specific night, well, Jeremy had been dating someone and you know, we were at the state in our, in our process where it was okay to have feelings for other people, but you were in love. Oh yeah. And, oh. um, and that was like very jarring and yeah. I was very emotional about that. And, and I was not, I was not, um, I was not dividing my time very well. So like scheduling wise, I was spending far more time with this other person that I was falling head over heels for. And, and it was, uh, Bridie, it, it wasn't sitting well with Bridie. So, uh, and rightfully so, rightfully so. And did you, did you let Bridie know that you were in love? Oh, she oh, knew. Yeah. Yeah she, <clears throat> yeah. she knew. So what Bridie, <clears throat> basically what Bridie did <clears throat> and this was very early into this relationship with this person. Like, hey, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa. Okay. hey. <laughs> look, <laughs> look, no, look, 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 this look. my this man falls quick and hard. I do, I do. I fall in love and like all in three weeks. Three weeks is all I need, and I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm, I'll drop everything. Like, I, I, I fall really hard, really fast. I always wow. have. It's just the way. Can you be, the, were you? Could you be in love with that person and Bridie at the same time? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. And and so what, well, what Brady did in that case um, was she she asked for the three of us to have a, a sit down together. And uh, this person hadn't really met Brady up to this point. And so we all came together and we had a sit down and Brady basically put out like, hey, here are my boundaries here. What I'm asking for is for you two to just like pull back, like put on, put the pump the brakes just a little bit, pull back. Let's limit the amount of time that you see each other to this amount as opposed to every single fucking waking moment. And let's just give that like give that a month of that so I can like just so I can ease in and feel comfortable before you guys take this as you know, as far as you want to take it. And so um, as far as you want to take it could mean she moves in or they move in or they are. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't, wow. it was it <clears throat> at that, at the time that, that wasn't going to be the case. Um, but, uh, you know, it was like, it was young love. Like we, you know, and Bridie and I had a home, we had a dog, um, uh, you know, this other partner, she had a dog it just like, it was, there was not going to, we weren't going to move in together. That, that wasn't like in the, in the cards. It was just more so we were spending so much fucking time together. And so that's what we did. We respected Bridie's needs and, it was totally okay for for my my partner at the time. Uh, it was okay for me. It was okay for Bridie. And then after a couple of months, it was like, okay, cool. Like we've found this happy medium, 
And now there's no, there's nothing to worry about. And uh, not to speak for you, but like you, you, you were, you seemed good. I was good. And I also started seeing someone a few weeks into your relationship with this person who I continue to be in a relationship with. We've been in a relationship now for six years. Yeah. And now, and so, and now Bridie lives with her respective partner. Now I live on my own. Um, I guess we should, I guess we should say like, I feel like, I feel like saying this is going to make people go, Oh, see, I fucking knew it. I knew, I knew that it wouldn't work, but Bridie and I, uh, we just recently got divorced. Um, so we, we got divorced, uh, uh, like, like very, yeah, very recently. Um, and, uh, Bridie, I, I have another partner that I'm with that, um, not the one. No, this is, this is a, this is a partner that came after the partner that I was with, uh, you know, six years ago. Um, and her and I are talking about, she's, she's, we're talking about moving in. Um, and actually the, the reason why I got excited about you guys having seven kids is that I've never wanted kids. I'm 35 now. I, I thought I was going to be dead at 30. We were certain we were no kids in our future. Yeah. But now, one of us. now Kira, my partner and I were like, we're discussing kids with, with CF. It has to be IVF. So we're like, we're like talking about the, the, uh, you know, going down the road of like genetic testing to see if she's a CF <clears throat> carrier. Um, that, you know, that whole thing, which is, which is wild for like, I, you know, I told Bridie this morning as I walked in, I was like, Kira and I are thinking about having a kid and Bridie's like, whoa, this what, what? Todd and I are also talking about <laughs> no. yeah, like maybe we'll have kids so, at the same time. Do you two not, you two don't, don't, you're not like, so there's no relationship whatsoever, sexual, like nothing. We're we just, haven't we're, had a sexual relationship for years, for years. Yeah. Um, wow. and that was a part of so figuring out this whole thing. It was like, okay, a modern relationship as we understand it is like, this is my domestic partner. <laughs> this is my sexual partner. Yeah. This is like my partner exclusively. When you're saying this, you're pointing at me. I'm yeah. 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 This is yeah. what I have to work yeah. with. Um, I'm just, <laughs> it's a great, it's this great. Is it. This is it ladies. <laughs> this is all you get. Um, so a part of opening a relationship was I did, you know, when we, we were having threesomes and stuff like that. Yes. It definitely made our sex life much more exciting. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, it definitely rekindled some things, but it also really, I think showed us <laughs> that like, you know, if I show up in the bedroom and like, actually my most natural impulse is to be like bossy and authoritative. Jeremy doesn't, isn't into that. That's not Mm. something I get to express in our sexual relationship. So with our open relationship and seeing other people, it's like, this is great because I can outsource this. I can Mm. get my needs fulfilled in this way over here and still have my domestic partner, my like, to this day, my emotional support yeah. partner, like nobody knows me like Jeremy knows me. And yeah. And the, the, the other thing that I want to say, like up to where we are now is that, you know, Bridie and I are, I mean, Bridie's, Bridie's my, not, not to sound weird, but like Bridie's my sister, you know, like I, I, I was equating it to like Jack White and Meg White of the White Stripes. They, they were married before they started the band and then, and then they got divorced when the band blew up and then the, everyone asked who they were to each other and they said, we're brother and sister. That's how I feel about Bridie. Like Bridie's my sister. You're my best friend. Um, and one of the greatest things that came from our relationship, in particular, the way that we approached our relationship from a, a non-conventional standpoint of, 
being polyamorous is that with you through the, through those 11 years that we were married and the three years that we were together before that throughout that entire process, I learned how to communicate in a relationship in ways that I don't think if you were a part of my life, I would ever have gotten that valuable resource of communication. And so I can now take that into my relationship with Kira, my partner now, and you know, we are having like the, I'm having the best sex I've ever had in my entire fucking life just because I have the ability to communicate about sex, which I think honestly is something that a lot of couples struggle with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Communication yeah. surrounding want- sex is hard. You're right. And I want to take a quick break. Cause I have a question about whether you guys are yeah, still open with your current partners. Me too. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been following us, you know we are last minute planners when it comes to summer, except for this year. We even have one of our kids going to overnight camp for a month, a whole month. We're super excited for them, but we are getting anxious about not seeing them for that long. How will they cope? Will they make friends? Will they be homesick? We all have our own unique set of stressors varying in size and significance, yet when we hold on to them, they can gradually take a toll on our well-being. Fortunately, therapy provides a safe space where you can get things off your chest and find effective strategies to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy offers a place to discover strategies for stress reduction and balance in your life, helping you face life's challenges with new strength. Like when your tween goes to overnight camp for a month and you're trying to put on a brave face. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed for convenience, flexibility, and tailored to fit your schedule. Simply complete a short questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, knowing you can switch therapists anytime at no extra cost. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Nat. Breakover. 
uh, are you guys um, in are open relationships with them? Partners? No, so so we are, we we aren't. Um, um, but it, it is it is so you know the the idea of um, the idea of opening up the relationship is not something that me and my current partner are are talking about or open to. Um, but we we have had conversations about like having a threesome. What what might that look like? And again, back to what I was saying before the break, like all of that comes from a place of having a really solid foundation of communication when talking about topics that can very easily lead to like sticky situations. Um, And so we haven't gone down that road yet, um, but that is like, that's that's an an offer that's on the table for the two of us to explore if we ever feel like it. Um, but no, currently we're, we're, I'm not, I'm not open with, with my partner. I don't think. Right. You what about you? So I, I don't see anyone else. Um, and the, the, my mentality has almost always been that anything is a possibility. So I don't yeah. know, like down the road, hmm. I have no idea. I know that people change and that I've changed a lot since I was young and wanted to, like, I just wanted to kiss everybody. And, yes. um, I feel a little more focused on different parts of my life now than I did uh, at that time. And so to be honest with you, to be probably more honest with you than we've been lately, than I've been lately with our own listeners is like, I, I experienced some sexual dysfunction that I am really like not working on actively i'm getting therapy for other stuff but i know that there's this piece um in my life that is like not functioning and so my dreams and my goals are like i want the sexual partner to teach me like i want to be led i want to be guided by someone who is not intimidated by my sexual dysfunction and to be honest with you i don't know if that's my current partner. I know that we have function mean. (laughs) It means that, I mean, it can mean anything for me specifically there. There's like a, uh, there's like pain with intercourse. There's also like, which creates aversion to, to it. Um, or is it new? Well, that's the thing. Like, I think it's always been, I think it's Mm. probably always has been, but like when you're in a new relationship and the hormones are there and it's super Mm -hmm. hot, a little bit of pain during sex, bring it on. It's like, mm-hmm, right. give, me a, give me a smack, bring it on. But then mm-hmm. when it comes into long-term, at least with the conversations we have with the psychologists and the healthcare professionals that we talk to is like, even subconsciously, like a little bit of pain can be enough to not want sex. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is what I'm working with. I, you know, um, as far as other, like, we, we talked to an, we had an amazing conversation a few weeks ago with a woman who said that abstinence only sex education has the same outcomes as childhood sexual trauma. Yeah. And say so it say, say it again. Abstinence only sex education has the right. same, has the same outcomes as childhood sexual trauma, which is the, wow. which is the, the form of sexual education that like, if you, if you went to school, between Catholic the years school. of, if, uh, I'm, not, I'm not even Catholic. If you went to, I mean, if you're listening from the states right now, and you went to school from between right. the years of in 1985 to 1999, you were being taught abstinence-based sexual education. And so, what you know, in this conversation that we had, what we're seeing is 
this is one of the reasons why we're, we're, we're sort of seeing this big shift in the way that people view sexuality and view relationships yeah. outside of what we used to view it, you know, a generation or two generations ago, because we have this group of people who came up in a time where they were taught abstinence-based sexual education or just a lack of good sexual education in general. And that the trauma that has resulted from that has led to a huge swath of the population that are close to our age, maybe a little bit younger than you guys, um, uh, maybe a little bit younger than us. And they are now coming into their lives, into their like sexual being, you know, age where they're going, fuck that fuck all that. Like, I'm not, that's not, that's not what I subscribe to. And I got to, now I have to do the work to fix the harm that was done to me based on this education that I didn't ask for. And so we're starting to see this like sexual revolution, like Gen Z, the way that Gen Z is like, is, is approaching sexuality today. I mean, it's going to be really fascinating to see how these kids who were, who are now being raised by people who, who were, who were the pair, like were the you know were the receivers of that absence based sexual education, and then seeing the work that those parents, if they're good parents, are doing mm-hmm. to un you know unlearn and unteach themselves the harms that they had and put what they learn onto their children, their you know the Gen Z kids of today, it's going to it's going to have massive implications on the ways that society views what a relationship should and could look like. I know, you know, it's so crazy. Just the fact that like the two of us are sitting here and like having this conversation with you. And it's like so interesting to us because you are one of the, like the first like people that can openly talk about, you know, um, a polyamorous relationship or an open relationship and all of that without it being a TLC special. Yeah. Look at this conversation. Like, are you moms? Are you serious that you didn't know the answers to these questions? Like, please, you lived in like such, like such a cage. And we were very aware of that now that the way, like the traditional relationships that we're living in are hopefully going to be like a, a, like one of the many, many options for the way that our children end up if marriage is even a thing, or if you'd married one person or you, you know, you do whatever, which we're really excited for, for our kids, because we think that's the way that we think that's the way it should be. But Bridie, did you, when you were raised, were you raised with the idea that abstinence, like until marriage, was that what abstinence or bust? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I more or less, maybe not in so many words, but the messages I remember getting were like, if you have sex too early, you're going to get cervical cancer. Yeah. Um, If you get knocked up, your life's over. Your life is over. And you know, that, that kind, those kinds of, those scare tactics are just as, you might as well say, like, you're not I mean, allowed to yeah. have sex. <clears throat> I mean, that, that's abstinence-based sexual education. The like, first time I even, yeah. like, asked about going on birth control, I was, like, shamed. shamed. It was called a slut, and it was, like, Ooh. you know, oh. there's just, there's education, and then there's, there's the different kind of education that yeah. you just absorb from your, you know, your yeah. people. I, I'm glad origin. you brought that up too, because I feel like oftentimes people hear abstinence-based sexual education and they immediately think like, oh, religious, like yeah. you were grow- yeah. you grew up yeah. in a religious household. No, no, no. You didn't need to grow up in a religious household. You just needed to grow up in a household that had, a had parents that, that came from shame, that came from sexual shame. And that shame just gets passed on and gets passed on and gets passed on, you know? And it's intergenerational too, I would say, because like we're yeah. talking about the sexual dysfunction. It's like... As far as I recall, I've never experienced any, you know, childhood sexual trauma, but a lot of people in my family did. And my, you know, my parents experienced it, my sisters and, you know, and so it's like, 
even knowing about that is traumatizing mm. when you're a you know 12 year old girl and you don't have any context for that information it's like it is traumatizing what what happens to the podcast now that you're divorced and in committed monogamous relationships well, our podcast sort of, so in the beginning in year one, we did a lot. We just wanted to talk to all the people who had crazy stories and, um, it was just slut talk. It, it was, was like, tell us about your slutty and like your slutty fun. adventures. Yeah, yeah. It was great. We had a great okay, so, I, so I have a lot, I have a lot, a lot of archives to go and listen. <laughs> to all of oh them. yeah. Start at the beginning. Yeah. I'm, I'm still in that place that I'm very, just want to know. I want to hear everybody's slutty stories. Those oh, yeah. early, those early episodes are what you're looking for. I mean, you know, we talked, right. we, we talked to people that were, into cuckolding we talked to people that uh, one of my what? favorite one, lots of sex work what? cuckolding cuckolding is cuckold word to us and we <laughs> know what that means a cuck a cuck uh, so if i was to be cucked um it would mean that i am uh, i'm gonna sit in the room and watch um watch somebody else bang my partner um, and, and I just get to watch. Um, so that's right. like a cuckold scenario. Another episode. One, one that's word for something yeah, so I know, simple. I know. Yeah. It's an old, old word. It is. We yes. love our yeah. old words. Uh, an, another episode that really stuck out, stuck out to us. I wish I remembered the name, but, um, it was about a, it was about a female led dynamic relationship. Mm. So the female in the relationship between, it was a heterosexual relationship between a man and a woman. The female had all of the power. And uh, she would lock up her partner's dick and balls in a cage. That's right. And um, and he she went go one, away on vacation. She accidentally left with the key, went to Toronto for work, and had the key. So his dick and balls were trapped in this cage until she got back. Um, and but he loved it. He loved it. Yeah. Could he, he walk lo- around and get food and water? Oh yeah. yes. Yeah 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah his legs. He <laughs> just couldn't jerk off. Yeah. He just couldn't. Or, or yeah. Wow. Or get, I mean, yeah. Getting a hard on would be like ouchy. It would be painful to get yeah. an erection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We yeah, and like financial <laughs> yeah. dominatrix, yeah. you know, people sugar who, daddies, like uh, mm-hmm. seeking arrangement stuff. Yeah, yeah, lots of lots of interesting do, stuff. Do you guys think it's possible in your experience? And I mean, we are going way over half an hour, but I'm like, it's a, like the best conversation that Sorry. you can um, you can yes. actually have sexual relationships without feelings, like ever. Like, do you think that it is, or do you need feelings to have sex? Like, in, I love in, that question. I just saw this online today, actually. I prefer my sex without love and my love without sex. And I caught my eye because Ooh. I wondered, is that me? If I if I get down to the bottom of my issues, is mm-hmm. that what I'm going to find? Is like right. emotionless sex where I can show up and express myself without any loss of, of self-esteem <laughs> because my partner might not like it? That might be fucking right up my alley. Yeah. I mean, or I you think, talk about the budget and then you have to go have sex together when you're negotiating yeah. your lives and mortgage, yeah. right? Like it's very confusing to have, or just, especially when you have children, Yeah, you're managing people yeah. and you disagree sometimes with how you're managing them. And then you're expected to go up and have sex, like nothing, like just yeah. like two people who have, like, it feels like the thing, the two shouldn't be related sometimes. Yeah. Well, I, they are opposites as compared, like, you know, the relationship expert Esther Perel will say like, we need safety and security from our partnership, yeah. but we also want mystery and intrigue. Yes, and, yes. and I think, I think it's entirely possible to get those things all in one. Um, okay. But, but it, but it takes work. I mean, it's, it's just, it just takes work. It takes effort. It takes work that oftentimes isn't sexy. It takes work that oftentimes isn't full of lust. It takes work. I mean, it's, it's not something that just, it just, just happens. Um, but I also, I also want to just say like, 
I feel the same way about this question that I feel to, you know, the idea of polyamory. There are some people out there that, that fully believe that polyamory. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns is a sexual identity. They were born polyamorous. Yeah. They could not live another way. They, they have to have multiple loves. They, ha- they, they can't just have one singular love. But there's other people out there that view polyamory as a lifestyle. This is just the way that I chose to live. It makes more sense for my schedule. It makes more sense for my, you know, my travel. It makes more sense for yada, yada, whatever. Both of those things to me can be true. I don't, mm. I don't subscribe to one being true and yeah. the other, other being false. And so the same for me exists with that idea of like, can you, can you have sex without being in love with a person? For some people, yeah. For some people, absolutely not. Wow. Neither is right, neither is wrong. That's right. Both are completely possible. It's all dependent on you, your history, where you're currently at, where you're yeah. currently going. Like it, it, there's so your many factors. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I think that we live in a, a non-sexual polyamorous relationship. Yeah, we, we do, do everything <laughs> together. We don't have sex. And it probably, that's why we can probably have sex with our husbands because we are living, <laughs> we share a bank account. You know, we, 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 we live we right do, yeah, It's a really yeah. great relationship. It's, it's, it's true. Like that our culture really centers the romantic relationship. It's like, this is a a big checkbox. Like you get that partner and you're set and it, what that does is devalues, I think, and diminishes the other relationships that we have in our lives. Again, Esther Perel would say we, we rely on one person to supply everything we used to get from a community of people. And I think to this day, I would say that my relationship with Jeremy is continues to be my most successful relationship because we were able to, you know, we were able to explore together and to keep coming back to each other and to like be there for each other. And even though you you develop each other in a really interest, you, you helped each other emotionally develop to the place where you are today without each other. And we, and we still will. Like we will yeah, continue yeah. to, you know, like that's, that's the thing is that we're not just because we've gotten divorced 
uh, it doesn't mean that we're out of each other's lives. I mean, like, you know, was it sad? Was the divorce sad? Like, was it a sad realization? It was it was a very easy conversation to have yeah. because to be honest with you, we've had a little bit of a beef with marriage since it all started. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like, you know, nobody hands you a manual for your sexuality. Nobody hands you a manual for a marriage. And we know that happily ever after doesn't exist. But we also don't they don't tell you as you know, that you're essentially entering into a business relationship one, yep. one another. Your finances are now, yeah. you know, and it's like if we had thought or considered all of this ahead of time, we we may not have ever we probably would have still had the great fucking ceremony and huge party that we did. Yeah. But we wouldn't have gone we the next day yeah. and signed, you know, documents in basically private saying it was legal. And yeah. the divorce d wouldn't have actually changed anything except there'd be less paperwork. Um, yeah, no lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I literally could talk to you forever. Would love to do a part two on this, but I have before, before you go, I wanted to say number one. Oh, in your podcast, um, turn me on. Are you guys can, do you, are your current partners, uh, okay with you sharing, um, like, cause when you were together, you guys could talk about all the stuff. Are you allowed to talk about your journey? Because I feel like both of these stories are going to be very interesting to follow, but now you have other people. Are you like, I, Brady, I like, I'm dying to see what's going to happen with you and like your the babies and, and, and your babies, but like figuring <laughs> out your, um, yeah, all the babies. And, but then you're like, you, I feel like you have so much that you so much learn that you still need to do about your sexuality and your life. Like, are you going to keep sharing all of this, both of you? I think as much as I, I, I think we're both pretty cautious about when we get into territory that involves our partners and what they might not feel okay with. Right. Again, I've been with my partner for six years and there have been many, many <laughs> altercations about things that he doesn't listen, but we live in a small city yeah. and yeah. like, First, when we first started the podcast, I didn't even use his name. I used an alter ego name wow. that people would shout at him from the street because yeah. they oh. knew anyway. Oh, gosh. oh no. That happened? I didn't know that happened. Oh, yeah. Um, Y'all need to move to an island. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's not better on an island. No, I'm from an island. Worse, yeah. It's even yeah, smaller. It's smaller. Um, but uh -huh. yes. So yeah. I think it'll. It, it's, it's always we're present in our conversations yeah. so that we can feel you can feel yeah. you can feel internally when you know you might be imposing on someone's boundaries okay. Yeah. Okay. If you know person i mean I, I try not to speak for kira um but i'll definitely speak about her and i and like you know when when we started the podcast um i, I think one of the things that we both kind of like agreed on without even talking about was like we're going to be an open book we might not be an open book and just like share explicitly what we are up to because mm -hmm. who fucking who fucking wants to hear that anyway? Like people want to well, hear about other people's people. stories. I, 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 well, we, sure. don't, the whole first sure. season of the show is mo mostly yeah, it, too much information. About too us. much information. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, which we came to learn that, but really, it's like we're, our job is to tell our job is to tell other people's stories, or or okay. to at least help people see themselves in other you know put themselves in other people's shoes, and so. If that means sharing an experience that I have had personally, I'm okay with that. Like I, I'll, I'm an open book. I will be an open book, but there are obvi obviously things that I will keep to myself be that just for my own, my own comfort, my own safety, my own, you know, my own, uh, self-interest. Um, but in terms of like just sharing, we, we, we sort of have a, you know, we, we have a very dedicated listenership 
And I think our listeners tune in because they feel like they can trust in putting their time into listening to us. And so we want to take that trust and, and we want to give back to them as much as we can by just being fully honest, fully open. You know, I mean, we, we put our episode out about our divorce just recently and, um, and the feedback that we got was amazing. You know, just like beautiful messages of people reaching out to go, guys, I, we love this. We love that you've yeah. put this out there sure. for us to know, for us to see an example of two people getting a divorce where it doesn't end in a fucking dumpster fire. Yes. And, yes. and you guys come out of the, on the other end of this, like being so close and so, you know, still so in love. Um, yes. So, you know, we'll, we'll continue to share our stories, but um, as long as it's our stories to share. Yes, totally. Do you guys, are you guys familiar? <laughs> this is going to be my last question before we tell everyone sure, where to find sure, you and sure. all that. Do you guys know, are you familiar with a couple that is married that has been in a polyamorous situation for a long time and it is a hundred percent successful? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we have had guests okay. who have been in long, who have been practicing polyamory for mm -hmm. okay. years and years and years and years. Okay. And honestly, you don't hear from those people very often because they don't even really tell a lot of people in their close lives that that's how uh -huh. they live. And uh -oh. it wasn't an, until we started having these conversations where acquaintances that we knew around town or, you know, through, you know, mutual friends would reach out and be like, I'm not really interested in talking about this on the podcast, but just so you know, this is how mm -hmm. our, this is how it's been going for me and my family. These are people with children yes. who are witnesses to that. And yeah. Right. And we okay. also know people who have done, who have played with polyamory in their long-term relationship and then closed yeah. their open relationship and returned just to yeah. their, you know, their two people for, for whatever reasons, for raising their kids or, you know, because they're saving money because dating lots of people can be really fucking expensive. <laughs> okay. And do you think you're, do you, are you guys going to miss the sex clubs at all? They sound like so much fun. I mean, it, it's a very novel experience. So it's like you, you <laughs> okay. go once or twice. You're like, that was fun. Um, okay. I know, I'm sure there's some people that get like season passes. Uh, but for me, <laughs> you know, I went, I went, I went to three with uh, two different people, um, and um, it was it was good. Like you know, it's not. Uh, I'd, I'd rather spend. I'd rather go to Japan or something a little bit okay. more like extreme. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I was thinking about clubs that in like Berlin. I'm like, maybe yeah, I would do that something would be, like that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Some sex tourism. Berlin, yeah, that's a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, I mean, everybody who um, listens to your podcast must just be so thankful. It's so, it's so refreshing to hear people being able to talk openly Open. and honestly, because you really don't get that at the cocktail party on your street or the school function where <laughs> nobody talks about anything except the Catawissa says the vacation you're going to go on or where you're yeah. going to school. That's why I don't like small parties. This I'm is like, our yeah. I'm going to go. I want to talk to people who tell me something new that I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we yeah. really appreciate And I think all of our listeners really appreciate just like opening our minds a little bit because we are, a lot of us are really, um, I wouldn't say trapped, living in a very traditional world. So, well, and, uh, you're evolved as fuck. So yeah. that's pretty cool too, to, you know, to realize that communication is basically 
the key of life. And then so. you guys can be still good friends after going through all of this and you're there for each other. Wait, before you go, yeah. I know that you, Sick Boy um, podcast, you recently are on a new medication. Yeah, because yeah. the last thing you said in this conversation is that you thought you were only going to live to a certain age and you never followed up with why you're still here. Yeah, it's crazy. It's called Trikafta. Uh, it's a it's basically a miracle drug that came into the hands of Canadians living with cystic fibrosis last year. Um, and before I got, before I started taking it, my lung function was at about 53%. Um, once you get to 30%, that's when like end stage CF kicks in, you need to get, uh, listed for a transplant. Um, so I was at about 53%. I got the drug, started taking it. And, uh, two months after taking the drug, my lung function shot up to 85%, which is the highest it's been in well over a decade. And, um, Weight gain's a big issue with people with CF. So like 138 pounds, like you know, soaking wet. That's what I've weighed my whole life. Uh, I'm now 165 pounds and rising. So we're a little bit, con- you know, I gotta, I gotta like switch my diet gym. a little bit, maybe. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. So you know, the life expectancy thing. Um, it's <clears throat> far too early to tell, but um, the way it feels in my body right now. I mean, fuck. I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like. It, um, I've got, uh, you know, a good 30 years ahead of me, probably wow. if I was going to be as, honest, it's not ex- as expensive as fuck. Like it's, oh, it is, it's $300,000 a year. Um, but luckily as a Canadian, um, it is free and, uh, every province across Canada has decided to cover this drug for the people living with it because, it is such a game changer and uh, the province has just decided this is something that is worth putting into the patients of CF. Uh, so yeah, it's, 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 I, uh, luckily I don't so have to pay change, for it. this will change children's lives. Like this will if change. Like- if, if your child is born with cystic fibrosis today, your child is born at the most incredible time to live with a disease so, so awful as CF. Um, wow. It is, it is, you know, it's not a cure. Trikafta is not a cure. Um, it's not available to everyone with CF. It, it's it's for a specific genetic genetic mutation, the most common genetic mutation. However, those modulator drugs, it's where it's, it's categorized as a modulator. Those modulator drugs are coming out, um, you know, at a rapid pace. They've they've like hit the scene and and have um, have changed so many people's lives. And if you're a child born with CF today. I mean, you, you really, uh, it's a really different time. Um, you know, when I was born, my parents were told that I probably wouldn't see my 20th birthday, a a child born today with cystic fibrosis. Um, you know, I don't know what they're telling them now, but it's, it, you know, the average life expectancy now today, uh, and this is before the trikafta data has come in, you know, give us a few years, but today in Canada, uh, the average life expectancy is 53, still not super high, but I, I bet you, I bet you in about 15 years, that number is going to look a lot different once the data comes in from how Trikafta is changing the lives of, of Canadians with CF. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Is there anything anyone can do um, to make, to like promote, like, to, like to have everyone get access to that, but that is probably not because it's in America. You probably can't just get it like you can get it, right? Like there's still uh, barriers to get it. Yeah. I mean, the barriers to get it would have to do with your um, genetic mutation. It would have to do with whether or not you've had transplant or not. People who have had transplant can't get their hands on it. Um, oh. But uh, uh, there's 10% of Canadians with CF who don't have access to modulator, modulator drugs yet. However, that will change in the next like five to 10 years for sure. 
um, which might be too long, but to to speed that process up, donate to CF Canada. Uh, okay. You know, fuck. I mean, I, this sound this sounds like a like a you know a really cheap plug, but listen to Sick Boy Podcast and share it. I mean, like we are we're reaching masses with these conversations and yeah. and advocacy for 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 illness is a big part of our mo. And um, you know, we've um, uh, the work that we've done through Sick Boy has has increased the rate at which drugs are getting into the hands of Canadians by, you know, having conversations with, um, you know, our healthcare officials and, and, you know, the researchers and the, and the scientists and getting that word out. Like it's a bit, it, it really does make a big difference. So, you know, yeah. Listen to sick boy podcast, donate to CF Canada and just like get loud about it. Yeah. Okay. And where can everybody listen to this, uh, your podcast? Sick Boy, uh, you can find it anywhere. Sick Boy Podcast, at Sick Boy Podcast on Instagram. Um, that's where we typically are. And uh, Turn Me On is uh, Turn Me On Podcast. You can find it wherever you find your podcasts. And uh, we're not super active on Inst- Instagram, but we're going to we're gonna change that. They don't like yeah, sex on Instagram. Yeah. They, don't like, they don't like sex yeah. stuff on Instagram. But, but hey, they're free oh. in the nipple. They're free in the nipple on I Instagram. I read that. I read that. So get your tits out. Let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get your tits out. Let's go. Oh, oh wow. This is exciting. <laughs> Uh, thank you. It was so lovely to meet you guys. Thank and, you for being so uh, transparent yes. and on, and you know, hopefully yeah. we'll meet in person one day I yeah. at a cocktail party. Yes. You can and ask we won't us talk can, about or at a PTA school. meeting. Who knows? No, that's going to happen. You guys are going to have kids and then you're going to start asking us <laughs> stupid parenting advice. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Bye guys. Yeah, thank Bye. you. Thank See you. Ya. Thank you.